Hey guys, and welcome to Goodversations, a collection of honest, deep dive conversations with young voices in the theater industry. I'm your host, Alexandra Piheko, and I'm joined today by Eleanor Shaw. Eleanor is an incredible actress, and she's currently playing Daisy in the immersive production of The Great Gatsby here in London. Over the course of this conversation, we spoke about the unique challenges that an immersive production entails, and just how vital the audiences are to the success of the show. Ellie has a bachelor's degree in languages and also a master's in musical theater, which is so fascinating to me, so education was a big part of this conversation as well. Be sure to follow Eleanor on Instagram at Ellie underscore Shaw and subscribe to Goodversations for more episodes of this show. Here's my conversation with Eleanor Shaw. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, I just want to know a bit more about you. So why don't you just tell a little bit about what you do, all that jazz. My name is Eleanor. Um, I'm an actress currently playing Daisy Buchanan in the immersive production of The Great Gatsby. Um, it's my first professional job. A bit about me, I didn't come the sort of traditional route into acting. I went to university first and got a degree. I uh, studied French, um, which looks quite funny on my CV because people often come up to me and they say, you have a BA in medieval and modern languages because that's what the degree is called. What, what is that? Like, yeah. What does that mean? Um, and then I went to uh, the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama for a year. I uh, was out for a year just auditioning and things and then um, got into this crazy show uh, and I'm doing that for about seven months now. That's incredible. So right off the bat, you mentioned your education. So, and you know, going the non-traditional mm-hmm. way. So I'm just curious to know why, like, why did you choose to do that? The truth, well, I think I came from a background where people didn't really go to drama school and it's not that I was late in knowing what I wanted to do because I always knew I wanted to be an actress um, and I actually I did my training in musical theatre uh, and I always knew that was what I wanted to do. I, I did really well at school, I used to get really really good grades uh, and my teachers were always like we think you should try to apply for Oxford or Cambridge um, and so I was like yeah cool, great and then I did uh, and I got in so I was like I'll go there and it was and also I know that there's there's also a tradition of um, actors going to Oxford or Cambridge and then just yeah. becoming actors and a lot of my friends that I went to university with didn't go to drama school and they're doing fantastically well so it's the kind of environment that um, doesn't necessarily mimic drama school but like supports you and gives you the time and all the resources that you need to complete that sort of kind of training. You'd think that a language degree wouldn't help you get into acting but you'd be amazed how many auditions I get where I'm asked to speak French. How many, I had an audition for a commercial where I had to speak a bit of German, and I, t- I told my agent, I said, "I don't, you know, I don't speak German, right? Like, not a word." Yeah. She was like, "Yeah, just, just go for it." Um, and I like listened. To, I got some German friends to say the line over and over, and I listened to it, and and I said it uh, in the in, in the audition, um, and I had a, a the sort of audition partner, screen partner, for it, who saying it, and. You know that scene in Friends where Joey can't say the thing in French, he yeah. just goes blah blah. It was like that with him, and I was like, I'm sure that my German is not perfect in this situation, but because I've got that background of like being able to hear things and pick things up, that really helps. Yeah, it's it's and like, yeah, it just it just gives you a bit of an edge, which 
it's quite strange but well it's interesting to have like a aspect to your personality that rarely anybody would have mm. in in that environment yeah. so well done that's a great um, oh thank you yeah background. yeah it's yeah it's 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 I feel like it's the natural course for me yeah um, and I don't have any regrets and I have such an amazing time at Oxford so Oh, that's yeah. incredible. So, and you actually touched upon having a, a degree in musical theatre as well because you need that training. Mm-hmm. So, um, you did it for masters, didn't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Okay. So, so I feel like in this industry, not many people go to do masters, mm-hmm. much less in musical, you know, theatre. So, what made you decide to continue learning and to do that specifically? That's a good question. I think that I always wanted to train. I always wanted to go to drama school and you're right I think there's so few musical uh, MA musical theatre courses um, certainly in this country I know that if I hadn't done that training I wouldn't have got on an agent or had been on any of the websites you need to be on and known about the websites you need to be on and all those things so I think just to learn about the industry um, and get the, the level of sort of vocal training and when masters Degrees are incredibly intense. These 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 training ones. I can it's imagine eight till six, five days a week. Um, it's so. It's not. It, you know, some people don't regard it in the same way as a BA degree, which is you know because three years isn't the same as one. But um, no, but certainly it takes. It takes, it takes yeah, a lot. Yeah, to, and again, to do I have that. absolutely no regrets. It's they're quite expensive, mm-hmm. um, which I think is another thing that puts people off. The one that I did at Central was. Um, one of the slightly more holistic, shall I say, so and um, focus a lot on you as, a, as an individual and as a creative, and not like how are we going to get you into Book of Mormon or you know, sure. Miz. It was like this is the start of a, hopefully a really long career, and focus on making your own work and being creative and things like that. And um, if you can't dance now, you're not going to be a dancer. You're not going to be in Cats, and that's fine. Let's focus on your strengths. What are some of the lessons that you consider to have been instrumental mm. to your education? That's a really good question. I think it, sounds, it just sounds really trite, but just being yourself. And don't try and be somebody else. Be interesting, be impressive. You can never not be nervous. Like, you will always, yeah. always, always be nervous. Um, but be receptive and listening and, and, you know, be a blank canvas, but with all of your personality, like written underneath um, and that's hard to do though isn't yeah it? it's really hard it's really hard to do. do you know what I've had you know dozens and dozens of auditions for tiny things that don't pay very much to massive big West End shows and and it's hard and you have to kind of you kind of I think that you think that you need to market yourself as the perfect person for this job right now um, and I think with the case of these big West End musicals, that might be the case. You know what you need to look like and what you need to sound like because they've been running for 30 years. Um, but you often... I, I, I'm guilty of doing this, always second-guessing the panel and being like, well, I think they yeah. want this, therefore I'm going to go in looking like this. You don't actually know what they want, you know. Um, just be yourself and, and if you do the best that you can do... It's, again, there's just platitudes, but I, they do ring true, I think. Um, if you do the best that you can do if you're not right you're not right and that's not because you're not talented and time and time again we're told by casting directors it's so so rarely to do with how good you are 
you know, there's 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 at least a hundred people that are as good as each other, but you might just not look quite right or not have the bright coloured hair and things like that. Um, and sometimes that's comforting because it's you know that it's not about your natural ability. Sometimes that's hard to hear because you think, yeah, really, it came down to the fact that my hair's too short. I'm gonna wear a wig anyway, or it came down to the fact that I don't have freckles. Like really. Um, but I think the arbitrary nature of that is really sometimes comforting. Um, somebody gave me a really amazing piece of advice recently, which was and what we were talking about earlier. If you have your own thing going on, if you've got something that is fulfilling you creatively, that you're excited about and you're passionate about, it means that if you go, you go for an audition, you, the stakes are really low because you go, I'd love this job, if I get it, amazing, but if I don't, that's fine, I'm, I've got my own thing that I'm working on. And so you don't come across as desperate or sort of too, that everything is riding on it. Um, yeah. I'm yet to employ that, <laughs> caveat. Um, yeah, I'm yet sure. to sort of employ that and it's, you know, it's easy to just get crushed by the weight of these auditions that you think are like the be all and end all, but it's, and you've got to train yourself to have a really, really thick skin and you just get knocked back and just pick yourself back up again. Circling back to The Great Gatsby, so you are currently dazzling audiences as Daisy. So how, how did this project come your way? So I saw the uh, production in January 2018 because my a very good friend of mine was playing, um, she was covering Jordan and Myrtle and had a long period at the beginning of that booking contract uh, as Jordan. So I came to see their open dress rehearsal because uh, there was a lot of new cast joining. Uh, and I remember it was, it was coming in and being like, taken in by the set and everything and watching it and having an amazing time. Um, I remember as I left, I thought that was amazing. I love that so much. I could never do that. I could never improvise with people. I'd be, I'd be too nervous to, I wouldn't know what to say. Um, but I loved it. I came again in, May of last year uh, to see her again because she was on as Myrtle and um, had a few too many gins but again had this amazing yeah. time um, and then when the auditions came out um, again it was it wasn't it wasn't through the quite you know traditional channels of Asian six and yeah. it was an open call um, my agent had a lot of clients in the various productions around uh, Europe already um, and said you know we've written to them and suggested you uh, but write to them yourself as well um, I had an audition and just having seen the show it was a huge advantage because if you you know you've seen the show and anyone that's seen the show knows that it's completely unique and you need to constantly play it to 200 people and also to one person who's two feet away from you um, and it's more, it's more than just in the round, it's like in every possible angle that you can imagine. Um, they were really fun auditions, I have to say, they were workshop auditions where you know, we just got to run around and play with each other for about an hour and a half. I was going to ask you actually, how do you audition for an immersive production? Well, this is it and I think that this company um, are always trying new things, constantly trying new things and just seeing it, you know, what, so the audition process for me was very different for the audition process for the people that joined uh, after me, um, just because they were just trying sort of different things. I think it was mostly just about how you interact with the people that are there, because obviously we can't have an audience of 200 people to play with in an audition setting. Um, 
and but I think fundamentally there were there were elements of this sort of traditional audition process of here's a monologue do it truthfully as truthfully as possible and do you have a passable American accent and you know can you it was dance there's dance part of the audition because there was quite a lot of dancing in the show but it was it was very much not are you an amazing dancer it was can you sell it can you fill the space with your personality um, when you're dancing so but I don't think there's one way to audition an immersive piece especially but then I say and, and it the very first show that I did I can't remember what I said to people I must have said some really just mental stuff to people um, because you can't you simply can't practice until you're confronted with it um, and the rehearsal process was quite strange because we were basically performing to these empty spaces and just factoring in and accounting for the time it would take to move people and talk to people and improvise with people uh, it took me a really long time to get uh, used to to that and, and I found it so much easier once we had audiences yeah much easier to do it to people you don't know than it is to do it to people that you do know and much easier to do it to large groups of people that um, haven't heard you talk before certainly <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so actually you touched upon that so you joined an already existing company right so mm. what was that process jumping into it how did you how did you bond how did you find that connection with people who have been doing it together for a long time yeah it, for me it was, it was uh, so I was one of three new uh, incumbent cast members um, and I was the only one joining as a uh, principal cast member only playing one part and, and the other two were uh covering roles and it is, it is hard when people have been there for two years or ten months and they all know each other um, how do we bond a lot of a lot of drinking <laughs> oh good okay oh, and um, it's such a, I think that it's the case with most sort of plays and shows anyway that it's such an intense work environment that you immediately figure it out but in in an immersive environment in particularly uh, the venue that we're at which is quite um, interesting um, and intimate should we say you just we just bonded straight away and, and you can't work in that environment unless you're really patient and and get generous as a performer and uh, and generous as a person so everyone was super welcoming and I made it known that I'd never done immersive before and this was my first ever production and then you know, please be patient with me and just and just support me. And you know, for the most part, they definitely have. And I guess it takes a strong creative team as well to pull it all together and to make it happen. So, can yeah. you talk to me about working with the directors and producers of the show? To this day, I still don't know how they, as a creative team, manage to get all the working parts together. Usually, at least three scenes going on at any given time, and there's thirteen rooms in the set, and it's just. It, my mind boggles still to this day. Um, it was quite a kind of tricky situation for us because we have, as is the case with most long-running London shows, there's the director and the resident directors, the associate directors that sort of take care of day-to-day -day business. Um, so I spent four days in the rehearsal period with uh, the, the sort of I say the main director, um, the first director, uh, Alex. Uh, and then he went to Australia for a very long time. Um, so I was working with uh, Oliver Tilney and Amy Burns-Walker, who were the 
original Gatsby and Daisy respectively, um, which comes with its own kind of unique luxuries and challenges. Um, but and the main luxury of working with them is that they have done it, you know, time and again. They've they've done immersive theatre and they know the reality of it. We get given so much creative freedom on this show. The reality of it is that I'm often as Daisy in a room with anywhere between five and fifteen people by myself. So <laughs> I could be saying anything I like and no one would know. Uh, you know, obviously I take the responsibility to not do that, but it does mean that you just find these little nuggets yeah. of of gold. The original creative team understood that a lot of that value and discovery comes from giving the audience that agency. So I've had amazing moments where the audience have, have given this just this gift. And they say, you know, Daisy's like crying because she's you know, made this horrible decision and this car accident's happened and she goes she basically accepts that she's going to go with Tom and, and abandon Gatsby and, and I'm crying and I'm going, you know, am I a coward? And her lady, she goes, no, no, you're not a coward, you're just a mother. You know, you're a human, like, you're thinking about your daughter now. And I was like, that's great, I'm going to have that. I'm going to use that later <laughs> in a different show. Yeah. Actor Ellie. Um, and, and, yeah, just giving the audience that agency, it's so powerful. Um, when they give these amazing things, when they challenge me I think I, I as an actor I, I really enjoy that as a character it's it can be quite um challenging but there's one time where I said am I a coward do you think I'm making the right choice and these two girls said no you you need to you just killed that lady and you're gonna run away like what are you doing and my actor brain was like yes yes I'm doing my job right because I don't yeah. want people to like Daisy I don't want them to but I want them to like her, but I don't want them to think that she's made the right choice because she hasn't. She's made a terrible choice and is a terrible person. Um, and so I love it. It's, it's, you've got to negotiate the situation. So how, do you, how did you deal in that situation? In that one, that particular one, uh, the scene just ended and we left. Um, other situations have happened where audience members have gotten a bit uh, aggressive and loud, but we've got... A, a really foolproof tried and tested ways of making sure that they don't escalate um, but that audience member was asked to leave and it was a shame because there's only like three minutes of the show left and I was like I'm, <laughs> I'm just just sit it out but she was she was so it's actually it's a, I think when those things happen it's a compliment to us because they're so immersed and they're so swept up with the story that when Tom Buchanan comes up and starts you know being mean to Daisy again they're defending her, they're standing up for her, and they don't, they kind of really want to change the ending of the story, but, but they can't. Um, so, it's, it's, yeah, in a, in a way it's really flattering. Um, and the, yeah, I think it's, we all have different boundaries as actors as what we'll tolerate within the, the confines of the show, but I think that when interjections like that are what we call in-world, uh, they're more fun and they're more interesting to kind of toy with um, when people are just shouting because they're being really it's a completely different situation but we ask a lot of the audience um we give them a lot of responsibility um which is right and exciting and that's what makes it such an exciting uh experience um but what it does mean is that we're kind of always changing the goalposts because sometimes we're asking them a question that we want them to answer and i'm um pardon me i'm, I'm asking for a conversation and then half an hour later we as actors are sat around a table and we don't we don't want you to say anything. 
Um, and you know, we as actors are so used to the the narrative and the um, different parameters of each scene that we think, you know, why you know why are you speaking up now? Whereas actually, if you step back and you think the first time you saw that, you're it, one moment you're being encouraged to speak up and to get involved and to play along, and then the next minute you're not. So I think, and you know, it's not even about immersive theatre being. Uh, new and emerging in that respect because I think all immersive experiences right now are so different that there's no sort of manual um, for each of them and, and it is it, you know it is live theatre. You mentioned having seen the show yourself a couple of times and then working with some of the original cast mm. members so what is your Daisy like? How does she differ from the other versions? So my Daisy has, has, has grown a lot over the months that I've um, played her. My, my Daisy now, she's a bit more knowing, I think, than I would say that she is in different iterations of the story. Um, a little bit more grown up. I've, I've, I think some, some previous Daisies prior to me have been quite... Um, manipulative which is interesting I think is really interesting or a little bit more sort of sexy and, and taking that kind of agency um, I think my Daisy is completely governed by instinct um, and a bit f and just fed up my Daisy changes depending on this is this is what's so wonderful about immersive theatre and, and our production it depends on what, what kind of show you're having so I might have uh, really I might get we get a lot of hen parties um, coming I might take the hen party with me you know in on my uh, extended period of my track um, and I might be a bit giggly giggly and frivolous and a bit you know and there's a pivotal scene for Daisy at one where we're talking about what I'm going to do about Tom and he's having an affair and she's the lady he's having an affair with is here at the party and you know I'm trying to lead them to maybe ask me about Gatsby or and if they bring him up really early and we talk and we laugh about it, then that plants the seed so that when I see him again, I kind of know that he's here. If they don't bring him up at all and I don't push it, I see him at that point in the show and it's a complete shock. Um, and it's in that scene that I decide that I'm going to pursue it. Whereas if I've been told about him before, I go, oh, well, actually, you know, if he's still game, let's see what happens. Um, and I think that my my fellow actors would say the same thing that it, your character the, the fundamental arc remains the same of course um, but some of the details of, of the sort of personality and the things that happen and the, the improv that we come out with if I've got a particularly naughty group of fun ladies I might be a little bit, bit dirty a bit saucy um, if, if it's a, you know a group of teenage girls I'm going to be completely different and I'm when I've got, uh, you know, we get school groups and sixth form girls and stuff who are always fantastic, by the way, I feel a bit more paternal and I feel like I'm giving them advice on how to, you know, be treated, how to see themselves in, with regards to their future and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it, it varies massively on a show-to-show -show basis, which I know for a fact that you, you simply could not get 
on other shows. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That that sounds insane to me, mm. a non-performer. But I can still imagine a lot of actors being like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if they're I, I was like that. that to begin yeah. with. I think I was. I'd got my track in my head and thought, "Okay, right, I know." And it took, and, and it, as I say, it, it varies massively. And some shows are you might get a group of um, people that are not very talkative or they don't, you know, don't want to share the details of their private life, which is absolutely their right, or people whose English isn't 100, 100% perfect. Um, and so you just have to do a different kind of um, different kind of work. Um, or there's shows where there's some hilarious people where they just they just do all the heavy lifting for me and I'm like inter- just interjecting here and there. Um, it, and it stopped, when I started I was really intimidated by that but now it just becomes something that I look forward to and I enjoy and being like you know I can't wait to meet all these fun interesting people that have paid good money to come and spend time with us and, and to see our funny little show certainly mm-hmm. and what kind of characteristics would you say an actor should have ideally to be able to be in an immersive show fearlessness massively um I think that because as I said when I first saw the show I wrote myself off and just said I could never do that I could never improvise you have to be willing to, to do things differently every night um, because you will have to because people won't be the same you know if the audience aren't going to be the same you can't be the same so I say that the fearlessness of just going out there and saying I don't know what's going to happen tonight people might you know throw me off track or make me laugh or knock something over because you, you in on the set drop a bottle and smash it um endurance it's 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 a hard it's a hard job um we don't get an interval i think all actors can do immersive i don't think it's something that you have specific skills for and you learn and you learn them on the job you learn them sort of as you go along I think we kind of touched upon this as well, but have you noticed any repeat customers, so to speak? Like, yeah. do people come back? Yeah, we have, we have, um, we we have sort of regulars, um, and I've noticed, I've definitely noticed people coming back. Uh, at the end, we when we chat to, we don't, we have no stage door, so we can't call it a stage door, but we call it a stage door. Um, we have no stage, indeed. Um, people say, oh. I really want to come back because I missed that. I didn't see you for ages. Uh, my parents have seen it three times. Um, my partner's seen it twice. Um, I think with the, I think we've had someone that's seen it forty-seven times. Oh my god! How? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, we had a, a, a tourist that loved it so much. They came back with his mum. It's yeah, we get repeat customers because it's you know, and it's the same for people that love seeing their favourite show. You get different combinations of uh, cast members playing different parts, and and their interpretations can vary massively. Um, but the, the variables with our show is so great that you you're really never going to see the same show twice, like massively. That's amazing. Yeah. And how do you guys keep it fresh for yourselves each night? I feel like we we don't have to work as hard to do that because of everything I've said about audiences being different and stuff um, and also yeah you might have a week where you feel like you're getting a bit bored and then somebody goes on holiday and so you're doing it with a different actor 
or you get a new dress, a completely different costume, which is always fun. <laughs> um, I, I always think that whenever I feel like I'm getting stale or that I'm losing that, that freshness, I just remember the first time that I saw it and the first time that I walked into the space and the doors opened and I was taken into a different room and there's, or there's a scene in Daisy's bedroom where she opens a closet and which you just you don't realise is a, another room. You think it's just a door, a fake door. And people are like stunned and, and so excited and that you know, that happens every show and seeing that reminds me that this is happening for the first time for them. Where do you think immersive performance is heading? Where is this trend going? Do you think there will be more shows like these? Matt, definitely. So a, a lot of the feedback that I get from audience members after, sh after shows is, I would definitely come back to this. We need more shows. We get a lot of audience, I would say, I think we get a lot of audience members that aren't regular theatre goers, which is really exciting. Um, I, th I, I want to say it's the future of theatre because that, you know, what does that even mean? But I definitely think we're going to see more because people, I think people are bored of sitting down in an uncomfortable old seat um, and not being seen and stuff. But the minute that you come to Sherlock Cars and you're valued and we need you there, um, I think it's really addictive. Um, and it's a lot more visceral than yeah. it would be. With yeah, and, and you know that what's happening now will not sort of happen again. Um, I think that the and the, the, the parameters are changing sort of massively, so at the Bridge Theatre they've got immersive, uh, they did immersive Julius Caesar and they did, they're doing an immersive A Midsummer Night's Dream and people's definitions of immersive sort of vary a lot, but the, I saw the Julius Caesar there and I, it was really exciting and fun and, I, and especially for young people I think, for sort of school age people it's so much more memorable because things are happening around you and you're constantly sort of on edge and shocked and surprised and um, I think it's going to be interesting when it becomes I want to see a future with immersive musical theatre oh yeah uh, that would be fun yeah so I know that there's the Oklahoma on Broadway is, um, off Broadway rather is quite immersive um, but yeah it depends how you define it who are some of your theatrical heroes? Like, who do you look up to? Audrey McDonald, for one. Nice. She's just She's just fantastic. She's just wonderful. I'm so graceful. Um, did you see her in Lady Day I when did. she was in London? Yeah. Incredible. It, it, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy because I was like sitting there watching it going, oh my God, I'm finally watching Audrey McDonald for the first time in my life. But I'm also not because she's not, this isn't her. Like, she's completely embodied this character. She's a... She's kind of transcendental though, so I kind of don't aspire to her in a, in a human way because I know that she is more sort of graceful and talented and wonderful than I can ever dream of being. And what are some of the kind of theatre shows or performances that you've seen that have left a lasting impression on you? A Hamlet with Andrew Scott. He's, yeah. I, yeah, I still think about that on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, Timothy Chalamet, call me by your name. Love my life. I just love okay. him so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that I remember watching. I, I, that's the only film I've seen three times in the cinema. Uh, 
I saw it at London. Yeah, I was just obsessed with it because I read the book and was completely obsessed. And that performance, it, it devastated me for so many reasons. And the fact that he was 20 years old when he filmed it, I was just like, wow. You know, it was just so truthful. What are some of your guiding principles? Like, what's the next big step that you're hoping to make? I want to... I'm focusing on sort of musical theatre because that's sort of what I trained in. Um, Any dream roles? This, I mean, they're all they're all sort of dream dream roles. I think that my energies are focused less less on the big West End shows um, than they are on new musical theatre and you know limited runs of revivals, you know things like that. Um, all the amazing stuff they do at the Mini Chocolate Factory, uh, revivals and all the new musicals that are coming over. You know, that said, I've, I've, if I was offered something in a, a long West End show, I would take it because it's a rite of passage and it's an amazing stepping stone. And, and you learn, you learn the craft again. Like you, you learn what it is to do a show eight times a week. But yeah, it's, it's quite easy, I think, to get distracted sometimes by oh, I want to be on telly or things like that. And, that's, that's great uh, and I always get that that itch I'll, it's usually if I'm watching Lily James and something I'm like oh, I really like her I want to be in that dress do you know what you're not the first person to mention Lily James specifically really? when they're talking about like dream roles or yeah. like inspirations and stuff yeah it's just, I just well I mean I, I just love that some of the stuff that she does it's, you know or, or The Crown there we go Vanessa Kirby in The Crown the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me was a friend of mine who lives in New Zealand um, messaged me. She said, "Are you watching The Crown?" I was like, of course I am. She says, "I think they need to write a part in for you because you're just so perfect for it." And I was like, "I have no idea how much that means to me." Because they should sell. They really should. I can see you in that show. Yeah, and I, when people say, "I'm like, oh my god, yes, yes, I'm doing something right. Thank you." Um, and I used to have really, really long hair, so I used to get seen for a lot of period dramas. Um, so yeah, I would love um, a big costume drama on stage or on on screen yeah. and finally what what words of inspiration were given to you that you would like to pass on to other people my agent always says be be graceful and I think that's quite a, a powerful word to remember know your worth massively you, you can say no and I would say always follow your gut if your gut is telling you that something's not right or that you're not being respected in the way that you feel like you should be or that you've seen an audition something that's auditioning that you just think is a bit suspect or anything even if your gut is saying be wary listen to your gut if your gut is saying I smashed that audition I think I'm going to get it listen to it even if you don't get it listen to the, that that voice that said no I did a really good job in there um, I think instincts are, are really powerful and I've never gone wrong by my instincts so far touch wood um, and know your worth you can say no to things as, as actors I think we're it's drilled into us that we have to be grateful for every opportunity that comes our way and hey if you something that was taught to me at drama school actually was um, a, one of the girls who was in the year before me um, was 
phenomenally talented and uh, came from a really um, strictly religious background and had a meeting with an agent and she said, you know, yeah, we're going to get you seen for this, this, liking uh, the Book of Mormon. And she went, oh, no, 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 no. I can't do that. Uh, and, you know, she set that boundary and said, you know, I'm absolutely not. And she's doing so well at the moment, really, really well. Um, and just said, no, I'm not prepared to do that. And some, she fortunately had an amazing agent that was like, cool, yeah, no problem. Whereas I think, sadly, there's some unscrupulous people out there that don't respect those kinds of uh, parameters. But yeah, grace, know your worth, follow your instinct. Bam. <laughs> awesome. Putting the world to rights. Yeah. Well, that's good. I think there's a lot of inspiration from what you said. And I think there's certainly a lot of information that like theatre fans and, and even students can take from this conversation because mm. I feel like immersive theatre as a whole is not discussed that much. I yeah. feel like... It's still just so new. Yeah, it's very new. And we're figuring it out. Our show has changed colossally even in the time that I've been doing it. Just We're just constantly trying new things and, and figuring out what, what works best. So, oh, yeah, and always just knowing that things are going gonna, are gonna to change. Um, and being open to that, I think, is really important. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I have a random section, like little ones. Whatever comes into your mind, just spit it okay. out. Okay. So, what in life brings you the most joy at the moment? Sunshine. Best worst show that you've seen lately? Shows about you know border control. Yeah. I like watching stuff like that. That's my guilty pleasure. Do you actually? Oh. Yeah. Really strange. Amazing. <laughs> no, 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 that's. Inc- I never expected that response. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, unique. it's a really strange thing. Um, I love watching cooking shows as well. Cooking shows just constantly on in the background. Yeah. What is currently the theme song to your day? Bad guy, Billy Eilish. Oh, okay. just just because I love it. Just because I think it's a great song. Awesome. Um, if you could spend the day with one living or dead role model of yours, who would that be? Glenn Close. Solid. Just, just off the top of my head, Glenn Close. Awesome. Podcast recommendation? Uh, the 98%. I'm sure you know about that one. I don't. Uh, what it's, is There's two girls that um, do a podcast about... So a study came out that confirms what we already all knew, which was that only 2% of people in the acting industry earn more than, I think, £30,000 from acting alone. Uh, so they said we are the 98% and they um, talk about all kinds of different topics um, it, they're two ladies so it's, it's sometimes about what it is to be a woman about dodgy casting calls it's just, just the reality of what it is to be a working actor that um, we often don't get taught about at, at any kind of institution you know the, the highs and the lows so that's a really great one incredible it's called the 98% good I, I will be checking it out didn't know about it um, book recommendation um, I just finished Lincoln in the Bardo by George Saunders. Um, won the Man Booker Prize, so it's not like it's come out of nowhere. And I was really resistant to it at first, but it was—I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I read a lot. Um, I'm, <laughs> and again, one of my like weird obsessions is like Southern Gothic, okay, and, like, westerns. Um, I like books about like cowboys and and stuff, and which is. Yeah. Quirky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I just love it. Uh, but no, looking about it was one of those, but um, that's when I just finished on my holiday, which was brilliant. Um, and 
What Belongs to You by Garth Greenwell. That's quite a recent one. And what I'm reading at the moment, which so far is fantastic, is called Country by Michael Hughes. Uh, and it's a retelling of the Iliad, but set in Northern Ireland after the, um, just at the very end of the Troubles in 1996. And uh, I've only just found out about this guy, but he's like suddenly become this inspiration to me because he um, went to Oxford and studied English and then trained as an actor and was working as, an, as a, you know, working, successful, constantly in work actor for a long time. And then it still is, um, I imagine, but is also a novelist and has written this incredible, you know, visceral uh story of, of the Iliad but in Northern Ireland and I just think that's brilliant incredible um, so, to yeah. have that idea and to, to yeah, think to of have, it like. and, then, and it, you can I think that knowing that he is an actor you can read it in the text because it's really yeah. live and that makes complete sense because the Iliad was obviously a normal story in this oral tradition so I just think it's the idea alone is genius and the fact that the execution is, is so um, wonderful is just a bonus um, yeah Awesome. Um, okay, recipe recommendation. Make banana bread, but do it in muffin tins. Okay. And then you've got banana muffins that you could just have for breakfast and take to work. Boom, yeah. good one. Awesome. Um, what do you wish you knew more about? Sign language. Cool, and finally, if you could give your 16-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Don't tolerate shitty boys. Or shitty girls, for that matter. It's it's just just do what makes you happy. Um, you don't need to impress people. You don't need to be anyone else for other people. If you want to sit in the library with your headphones on, listening to Joy Division um, and reading obscure French novels, which I did when I was in sixth form, then do it. And sunscreen every day. Factor fifty on your face every day. Cool. Start now. <laughs> awesome. Well, on that note, thank you so much. No problem. It's been a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, then please consider giving us a rate and review. This would help me tremendously in reaching more theater fans and also getting more guests on this show. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. You know, I'm always just one message away on Instagram and you can find me at Goodversations. So let's get to know each other. Thank you again so much for listening and I'll talk to you again next Monday.